Welcome everybody. It's Elaine Taylor-Klaus from Impact ADHD, your online resource for parenting and managing kids with complex issues. Uh, we are, I'm thrilled to welcome today Samantha Feynman, who is here to talk to us about, um, she's the director of New Frontiers in Learning, and we're going to talk about executive function and tutoring and skills that kids need. Samantha, welcome. Oh, thank you very much. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. So Samantha, as I say, she's the director of New Frontiers in Learning. And it is, uh, how would you describe what that is? It's a... I would say it's a transitional support program um, for individuals moving through adolescence into young adulthood. So um, we help students to develop the skills that are necessary um, to, to really transition successfully in, into young adulthood. Awesome. 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 So, um, and your background, I believe, is a speech therapist, special education teacher. Um, she's presented research and workshops and professional development. So she's, she's been doing this a little while. She's got some experience. And, uh, and you work predominantly in the New York City metropolitan area, right? Yep. Yeah, we work in person with students in, in the New York metro area, but also work with students virtually, um, nationally and internationally as well. Awesome. Great. And so Samantha has a lot of experience supporting students both academically at secondary and post-secondary levels, as well as, as working on experience directly with students and families in terms of transition out of high school and into college or, or as college issues shift, um, social and emotional issues. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. So as we talked about, you know, what does she want to share with parents? What does she think parents really need to understand? Um, what really came up was to talk about um, what kinds of skills do kids need? Life skills, school skills, do they need to be successful as they move forward in life? So that's, that's our conversation today. Uh, Samantha, take it away. Where do you want to start? Sure. I, well, you know, I, I can, I, I'd like to start just by kind of sharing, um, you know, how I kind of came up with um, these areas that we really see students struggling with. Um, you know, a lot of times we, we hear from families, um, my son or daughter is, is really capable of doing high le level academic work, but for some reason, they're just not demonstrating that performance. Um, right. that and big butt. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. So it's, you know, it's that conversation of, oh, they're so bright and the teachers love them, but they haven't but. handed in any homework this whole quarter. Yep. Um, you know, so, so we really, you know, I, I was a college professor prior to, to going to New Frontiers and we, we saw like a, a, a real gap between um, skill sets in, in students that were leaving high school and coming to college and what the expectation was of what they could do when they got to college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I say college, but to be honest with you, these, these skills really transcend into the career world as well. So it, it doesn't matter if you're going to college or if you're going to, to the workforce. Um, there's, a, there's a very specific set of skills that are necessary in order for, for individuals to be able to um, be successful and be independent. And if they're lacking in those skills, it's they're going to have a very tough time being successful. Um, okay, so, so you're, you're telling me you're actually going to give us a list and say these are the skills they need. Yeah, I mean, I can say. I, I love it. I'll, I'll share with you, you know, I mean, we could probably talk about it for hours, but I, I can certainly share with you some of the, 
the key the key things that that we see now number one so, so and here's what i want to teach you we we it's a coaching skill called we're going to bottom line it here for for okay. everybody, right so key number one is executive functioning um and so i can give you some, some very specific examples of um, executive function areas of executive functioning that are very important when transitioning into young adulthood um, being able to manage your time being able to get yourself on time to places being able to take things uh, long-term projects long-term assignments long-term responsibilities and break them up into short-term goals so that you can get it done um, the ability to be able to organize yourself and that's every organize everything, everything from your schoolwork to your room to your papers to your bills, anything that has to do with having to follow through with something, being able to organize all of that information. Um, time management organization, we see uh, students struggling a lot with self-monitoring, being able to- you know, wait, I, want to I want to be clear, you've moved out of time and into other executive function issues, correct? Correct, right. So, so, so under, under managing time is arriving on time mm -hmm. and then breaking down long-term assignments and then sort of organizing yourself as a next topic, is that correct? Right, right. Okay. So organizing, again, organizing your workspace, organizing your life space, organizing your schoolwork and your binders, um, organizing all of right. the papers that come along with that. Those are all areas of organization. Okay. Um, so then the third area is, under yeah. executive functioning is? The third area is really um, like a metacognitive level of self-monitoring, knowing what you need to do and getting it done. I okay. think, I think what, what, falls into this are two really of like important sub areas um and and you know a lot of these skills are going to overlap a little bit i was gonna um, say yeah you know i mean but and, and we'll see that kind of social communication interpersonal piece come into it but two things that are really connected with this self-monitoring piece are self-advocacy and help-seeking behaviors so you know you somebody see those is different i'm sorry you see those as different self-advocacy and help seeking? Well, I think that I I think that self-advocacy could be a more general term where, you know, self out you can you you can advocate for things that you need. Um, and it, it might not necessarily be like help, but it might just be something that could potentially help you. I think help seeking is I, I like to think of help seeking very differently because Help seeking is not just asking for help, but it's recognizing when you need help. And then being willing to accept it. <laughs> right. Being willing right. to accept it and, being, and, then, and then reaching out for that help and then being able to follow through with the help and the suggestions that you're seeking out. Yeah. Um, and then being able to see whether or not that help actually did help in the scenario um, that you were presented with. So, right. Um, so doing that, what we call rinse and repeat, like really getting that time to sort of step back, look at it, see what worked and what didn't work. Exactly. 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 Um, okay. And, and, and so, you know, that, I think that area, that the self-advocacy, the help seeking and the overall self-monitoring Peace is a really, really important skill. Another piece, not to digress, but another piece that falls into that um, is really understanding who you are as a learner, understanding what your strengths are, 
understanding what your needs are so that you can identify in the moment when you may be having trouble and then knowing where to go to seek help for it. Right. Great. Okay. So that those are the sort of the key areas of, of executive function that you're pointing to are time management, organizing yourself and that sort of metacognitive self-monitoring ability and Correct. all that comes under that. Anything yeah. else in that arena? Um, you know, I think as, as individuals transition from, from high school into the real world, you know, in the workforce and in, 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 in college, especially, we see a lot of um, multitasking, prioritizing, and really activating, initiating and, and persisting through um, assignments and tasks. Um, you know, we see it again, giving examples in, in in, in college classes, many times students are taking three, four, five classes that are all independent of each other. They don't, they're not related to each other. So um, they, you know, they may give the, all, they may give work all on all five classes all on the same day. Um, and so, you know, being able to multitask and prioritize um, is really important. And, and we also see that in in the in the career world like many times uh, you know people in entry-level positions will be given two three four projects to work on at once with deadlines and again you know being able to prioritize and say okay i'm going to do this now and i'm going to do this later is a really really important to sk skill to have as well um right. you know and I, and I think you know i think sometimes what's very difficult for 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 individuals with these things is they're all self-initiated and many times they they have a lot of help at the um, high school middle school and high school level with these types of things they're given a lot of immediate feedback from um, parents and from teachers and and other uh, other people in their lives um, and so they're very used to getting a lot of support when things aren't, um, you know, necessarily going well, or when they're not necessarily doing things independently. And then that shift into, into college and employment, you know, it really shifts. There's, there's not a lot of feedback that you're getting from teachers and, and, and parents and professors and, and from, from coworkers. Now all of this stuff has to be more self-initiated and self, you know, like, again, that self-monitoring piece. So, um, you know, it's, it's really essential that, that in that shift from middle school, high school to college or career that, that I guess, you know, individuals start to take ownership over yeah. being able to do these things more independently. Right. So, so I cannot tell you how many things my brain, my, the light bulbs are just going <laughs> off like crazy because this is all the stuff we teach about in CNA school, right? Mm -hmm. So um, because parents need to understand this too so that they can help their kids learn to manage this stuff. Exactly. exactly. Um, but so, and so part of me, I want to sort of go one direction because I know a lot of parents listening to this have complex kids and they're thinking, I, yeah, but these are all the problems my child struggles with. So like, how do I do that? But before we get to how do we do that, I really want you to talk for a minute about, because you've touched on this notion of what the social and emotional piece, where yeah. does that play in? I think, you know, it, again, when you, when transitioning into that young adulthood, it's, it's much more self-initiated. Individuals that are going to, to college need to learn how to make friends. Um, you know, a new set of friends, they need to learn how to negotiate different types of relationships with different people, professors, 
other students on campus, um, people in the residence halls. You know, again, sometimes, you know, students go away to college and it's the first time they've ever lived away from home. And now they're in a very, very small space. With somebody negotiating, else. <laughs> right, negotiating that small space with somebody else that they don't know very well. So, right. you know, really thinking about kind of that, that piece as well as, um, you know, how, how do you put yourself out there socially and how do you, um, and safely and safely and how do you right. make a new network of friends? And then, you know, for, for individuals in, in going into the career force, again, like if you're, if you're, your friends from, from high school are going in a different direction, how do you kind of push the restart button on that and still, you know, have some form of a, of a social life? And what are those, what are those, those employment kind of boundaries when it comes to um, social opportunities in, in the career, in the career area. Um, right. So, you know, so, so that, that's a, a big part of it. I think, you know, some of the things that we've struggled with, with students is again, negotiating those small living spaces, but also like, you know, um, things like negotiating, um, reaching out to your professor when you're having trouble with, with work. A lot of times students, they, they hesitate to reach out to their professors because they don't necessarily know, they want, want them to know they're struggling with something. Right. But, but that's the perfect opportunity to get a little one-on-one -on -one or an individualized attention on the things that you're struggling with. But it also demonstrates that you actually care about the work and that, yeah. you, that, that, you're, that you're looking for additional support. You know, so sometimes it's just changing that mindset that it's okay to be struggling um, and it's okay to, 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 to share that and communicate that with somebody that could help you. Right. And they want to help, but it's hard for the kids to believe that. I was, I was talking to a client earlier today who was having a similar issue with a high school student of hers. And, and you know, the, the dean of the school was saying, well, you should just go talk to your teachers. And, right. and you know, I'm listening to her and, and thinking, well, sadly, this dean of students doesn't really understand what this kid is struggling with because that's really hard for this kid to do. Right. Right. And oftentimes, I think as parents, we sort of look at them and go, well, if they would only just. Right. 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 And we forget that these are skills. These are hard things to learn, do, and manage, and, and they have to acquire them, and we have to help them. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, oh, uh, did you want no, to No, go ahead. Finish that thought. I was just to say, the, the last area that I, I really wanted to touch on was kind of just general overall independence. Um, Everything from getting out of bed, setting your own alarm, hygiene, laundry, feeding yourself, um, you know, nutrition, mindfulness, um, anything that the students are used to in their lives and receiving support for prior to that transition to adulthood, they really need to start working on learning to do independently now because when they go to college there's not going to be anybody there to drag them out of bed so I always say to parents look if you have to drag your kids out of bed in the morning and push them onto the bus to get to school that's not going to change when you send them to college so right they need to now be learning how to set an alarm and how to get themselves out of bed if right. you're doing your your son or daughter's laundry for them and they don't know how to use the the dryer, if they have a difficult time asking for help, then they may not have 
they may not have, um, you know, they may not know how to ask for help in those types of things when they get when they get to the in, more independent living. Exactly. You know, and what's, I was just struggling. I have a kid in college and I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with her, having, helping her figure out or listening to her while she figures out when yeah. she's going to get food to manage her time to be able to get to class and then to this or that or work or whatever it is. Yeah. She has to figure that out. And yes. she didn't used to have to figure that out. It was pretty much done for her. So, right. That's right. so believe it or not, we li literally only have a couple of minutes left. I told you it would go really, really fast. Um, <laughs> So tell people how they can find out more about you and New Frontiers. Sure. Uh, so they can, um, they can check us out on the web. Our, our uh, website is www.nfil, like newfrontiersinlearning.net. Um, or they can always email us at info at nfil.net as well. Okay. I want to say N as in Nancy, F as in Frank, I, L as in learning, newfrontiersinlearning.net is the way to find out more about Samantha and the great work that they do working with, with young adults, really, um, helping them acquire these skills for, for independence and, and um, long-term success. And, you know, it's so funny because we were talking before we had this conversation. The work that we do at Impact ADHD is, is exactly the same work for, with parents, right? Is helping parents understand this and begin to shift the way they're working with their kids yeah. to achieve the same thing you're focusing on. Yeah. So we only have a couple of minutes left and I want to wrap it up. And I know that, that part of this has been sort of taunting parents because they're like, okay, now I know what the skills are. What do I do about it? And it, it is a little overwhelming and we can't tackle all of them. Right. But do you think maybe you could choose one where you might have a couple of suggestions of either how you teach that skill or how parents might bring that skill to their kids? Sure. I'm, I'm, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, the, the process can really be generalized and translated to a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. I think right. the most important thing for parents to remember is that if the students are struggling with these skills, it's because they're not coming naturally to them. And so if these skills aren't becoming coming naturally to them, then they need to teach them directly. And a lot of times these are things that we do naturally in our heads. So what that means is we really need to externalize that thought process and show the students how we think about how we solve these problems. So what I'm hearing is that we need to verbalize it, yes. but not necessarily direct it, right? Exactly. Not necessarily say, you need to do this. Exactly, right. But, but to verbalize, this is what I'm doing so that they hear it without being bossy. Right. So, so... <laughs> Exactly. And, and what we see is, you know, we, what we see a lot of times is, you know, one of two extremes, either doing everything for the students or throwing your hands up and saying, I'm finished. Yep, I'm not I'm done anymore. Sink or swim. Yeah. We, we have to find this middle ground where we actually coach and teach the students our thought processes of why we make the decisions that we do. So right. in terms of, in terms of, of, let's say, let's take a, like a, um, organization of work, right. And, and, and breaking down assignments into smaller pieces, going through the thought process, not saying to the student, here's a, here's a, a you know, a, a paper that you have to do. Today, you're going to write your outline. Tomorrow, you're going to write your rough draft. And on Wednesday, we're going to sit down and edit it together. So, and we would just so you know, we would call that phase one parenting, directing every step of the process. Right, right, right. right. We're also not going to go in the other direction and say, you figure it out. This is your paper, not mine. Right. 
figure it out because then what ends up happening is they don't know how to initiate and break it down. And so they just, they just don't do it. They don't do it. Um, And so instead sitting down with the student and saying, okay, so you have, do you think you can do this paper in one day? Okay. I want to just point out that's a question. Right. Asked a question. Keep going. Um, Okay. No, you can't do it in one day. Okay. How many times, how many days do you think, what are what do you think the first step is into in finishing it? How long do you think it's going to take you to finish that step? Once that's done, what's the next step? Now, sometimes at that first question, what do you think the first step is? The students may not know. And right. that might be part of the, 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 the deficit yeah. they might not be able to even acknowledge what the first like how to break it down even the first part of it so you may have to break down your question or give them that first step to kind of get them to launch a little bit so if they don't know the first the, what the first step is all right let's let's read the directions together and try to create a list of all of the different steps that are associated with getting this paper done. Let's mm-hmm. highlight together what the important parts are of the 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 um, the assignment. So really, just high, kind of guided practice in helping them to break down whatever the assignment is, because that's what they're having a tough time with. They can't do that by themselves, but it has to be it has to be a, a externalized. Right. And the, and the truth is, you can ask the question, how long do you think it will take? And they're not going to know the first several times you ask them that question. And that's okay. Yeah. The point is to raise awareness that they might even consider how long it will take as part of their yeah. planning process. And eventually, they'll begin to learn to incorporate that and anticipate that and see how long it really does take. But it's not going to happen the first time. It, it takes, this is all a process, right. helping them learn to process information. It it might not happen the first time and it might be very inaccurate. And then then you start to see like, and they very well might tell you the first time, yes, I can write this whole paper in a day. Full term research paper. No problem. So there will be a little magical thinking and that's reasonable to expect too. (laughs) And then, but instead of saying that's not possible or that's not true, we would encourage you to keep asking questions. Right. So, um, to, to and understand that it's going to take a little while for all of this to unfold. Yep, exactly. All right, so we need to wrap it. Believe it or not, we're we're way over time, and oh, it's been so fabulous. <laughs> more to come. More to come. We'll do it again. Um, so, Samantha, thank you for being here, and thank, thank you for, for me. breaking this down so clearly for us. We're Absolutely. Really- no, this was a lot of fun. I'm happy to do it anytime. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So, our guest has been Samantha Feynman. She is the director of New Frontiers in Learning, where they really work with young adults and help them learn the skills they need to be successful in life, whether in the college transition process or in college or beyond or in other arenas. It's really about skill building for young adults. And um, and if you're looking for additional resources for transitioning your kids, working with your young adults, um, any of that, please check out all of the resources available for parents at impactadhd.com. There's so much there for, for the picking. And we want to thank you for being here. And we will talk to you next time. Take care, everyone. <music>